This is a news laundry podcast and you're listening to NL Hafta. Namaskar, Sat Shri Akal, Salaam Walaikum and other such things. This is Abhinandan Sekhri, you're listening to News Laundry Hafta and I will kick off by usual slogan, Angrez Apna Lagaan or News Laundry Apna Hafta Kabhi Maaf Nahi Karte. Andhiyai Tufana Esar Katiya Mundi Ude and our guest has just cringed with that dialogue of mine and he's holding his head and judging us that we has we come up with such tucha dialogues but we'll see how good his dialogues are when we start and uh, all our friends will love our guest today on hafta but before that uh, those of you who are listening to chota hafta mufat khoro subscribe kar lo our subscriptions are almost at 2000 now as in numbers we we have added many subscribers so and many uh, subscribers have written to us the new subscribers and saying finally they had to give in and subscribe so the rest of you also please come on board because when the public pays the public is served when advertisers pay advertisers are served especially when it's a government as was shown demonstration of the third three years celebrations of the government to which ranga uncle really took the government to the cleaners so let me introduce the panel today uh, atul chorasia executive editor hello. atul hi manisha pande hello a journalist <laughs> yeah just a journalist just a journalist just a journalist <sighs> our consulting editor anand ranganathan who has just invented the cure to uh, stupidity because you were missing in action because you were in the lab last week so people asked where you were so i said he's inventing the cure to stupidity <laughs> so have you managed nahi i tried it on myself it doesn't work i'm sorry are <laughs> now don't have to be humble and modest and all and our guest today our guest many of you have read his columns you have seen him pontificate on television Meher Simon Sh- sorry Saroop Sharma <laughs> he was prepared this was yeah. he was you know he, he's been waiting to do this 6 mahine aa gaye Meher Saroop Sharma is a Delhi based economist author and journalist he is a freelancer he's a freelancer now he used to be with business standard before the Indian express now he's at the observer research foundation you're a fellow there mhm what is senior a f- fe- senior fellow what does a senior <laughs> fellow do I'm not quite certain but I'm fairly certain that they'll tell me at my exit interview. <laughs> <laughs> This is all that happened last week and we will take up whatever we can in an hour or 20 minutes. India's GDP slows to 6.1 in the fourth quarter is 7.1 for 2016-17. However, I have read pieces and heard people say that even this number cannot really be trusted. I would like Mehir's view on that. Then uh, there was a demand by a judge in the high court of rajasthan to declare the cow as a national animal uh, and give people life term for slaughter no sorry that is rajasthan high court oh the same judge right who the, the peacock judge okay center's new rule has now peacock judge so th- there's a new rule that bans cow slaughter or beef consumption that's a kerala high court i think there's been some debate about the interpretation of this and misleading headlines maybe we can discuss that uh there was tragedy in kabul there was a blast where 80 dead and 300 wounded this happened near the indian embassy iit madras phd scholar beaten up by students for participating in a beef festival even on that another narrative has come up that there were attacks on both sides but the media just played it up one side yeah. of the attack maybe manisha can this share. along with the amu story dominated quite a lot of the headlines so so, so here there was there was very vague reporting on both these issues maybe yeah, you can yeah on amu uh, certainly iit madras i didn't follow that well but amu there was a lot of misreporting and the election commission's hackathon is not a hackathon it's an evm challenge and now the amani party says they'll host their own hackathon <laughs> while they, uh, 
uh, while while the election commission is doing what it's doing and uh, amit shah had a lot of interactions with the media there was one for the print one for digital one for television uh, mehir did you attend um for some reason amit ji does not invite me sudhir bol raha tha main mehir one and the same thing same to be same. honest <laughs> just shed some light i was seeing vivek call who i actually really uh, respect on his take an analysis on economic so indicators uh, so he is saying that this data is so screwed that a uh, you know gdp investment ratio is at an all time low and um, demonetization unmitigated disaster it is conclusively proved and if you could just take these two and is this um job numbers so spectacularly worrying or has it always been so bad ki bhai what are we getting so excited about are we just overreacting to its modi um okay so on the gdp numbers um look the the even if you don't believe as many people have sadly come to disbelieve i am not one of them but many people have come to disbelieve the the actual size of growth they have said nahi 7 nahi 7% nahi 8% nahi hai 6% so so sakta hai 5% 4% i'm not i'm not interested in that at that point what is really interesting in the last bunch of numbers has been that you see a distinct slowing of the uh, of growth over the past five quarters money since last spring so you see that things have been getting worse and worse so it's not just demonetization this is what is important to take away demonetization has obviously hurt which it was always going to the government would say ha theek hai that's a temporary thing the the, the uh, thing and we'll get over it soon the real problem is that for some reason we have been slowing even before that and remember uh, people will say nay you know we inherited a bad economy etc 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 sure even if you say you inherited a, a, a low growth economy at the time that modi took over in 2014 growth was increasing now growth is decreasing okay. and that is a question that the government has yet to satisfactorily answer ye kyun ho raha hai and what are we doing to fix it that, that's the real takeaway i uh, think uh, and bef- See, before uh, hmm, sorry, sorry can i sure sure yeah i, I mean i have two broad questions uh, for mihir and here i disagree with him on what he's done how he's behaved over the last 6 months uh, in me or modi <laughs> no you you <laughs> see uh, the point with uh, mihir and a lot of other economists is that they have rightly criticized demonetization but they have stuck to the economics of it my thing is that when you do that mihir you do not focus on the devastation demonetization cost on the social fabric of this country so what happens is economies you know they crash they collapse they rebound now the point is when they rebound then what you've been saying you know you would get contrary opinion to ah so you were saying this you know and then the whole point is demonetization devastated uh, it was a uh, i keep repeating this social darwinism and all mm. that i don't it know it was a crippling blow to the people a, who needed the help the psyche yeah there. and you know people i expect people like you to actually have focused on this i haven't seen a but he's single, an economist so numbers mein baat kar raha yeah but uh, nahi but uh, as well, you, you know you make a very good point but uh, the problem is that it's very difficult to make that argument when demonetization was being sold as an attempt to completely destroy and rework the social fabric of india manisha mm-hmm. just tell us about this story that made headlines uh, about amu mm-hmm. by the abhi chal raha na kya ramzan kehta hai ramzan kehta hai ramzan ramzan tell me this amu what was the story why were all reports vague and what did 
uh our reporters find out so uh, last week this delhi high court advocate tweeted out saying that amu mein hindu students are being forced to forced starvation is happening of hindu students ramzan is happening even they are not being given food this was followed up by some propaganda websites like internet hindu and all picking up the story saying forced starvation of hindu students in amu and then the media jumped in and there was a lot of again similar headlines in scoop whoop and uh, even internet swaraj hindu. i think yeah So what happened now AMU has 17 hostels they don't have one diktat on food there's no food policy during Ramzan in AMU there are 17 hostels all hostels have their messes all messes have mess in charges and they decide on what's being done during Ramzan and the mess in charges a student no mess in charges not a student Achha, but there's a students committee dining committee yeah. also so now out of those 17 hostels four of them are girls hostels they serve three meals uh, others have different rules like so what happens first No, they do, but they serve no. So the thing is that they have they changed the timings for the lunch, dinner, and breakfast to sehri and iftar. So for most majority of fasting, for those of you who say sehri and iftar, sab ko pata hai. Sehri hota hai when you eat before the sun comes up, right? And iftar when the sun goes down. And in the middle, you don't eat at all. Yeah. So the mess timings change for the fasting students. So you get food during sehri and iftar. For non-fasting students, different messes have different rules. some of them uh, don't serve lunch because they say that there aren't enough students who eat lunch so there's no point some okay. of them prepare lunch on demand so the students get together and say five of us are going to eat lunch prepare lunch for us two of the hostel messes don't give anything at all they don't give lunch breakfast dinner they only give it during sehri and iftar and this is the hostel where there were complaints and interestingly the complaint came from a muslim student hmm. a muslim fasting student wrote to the vc saying that some of my you know fellow classmates are facing an issue we shouldn't be doing this we should this shouldn't be so ad hoc the problem here that was ad hoc every mess story has explained this that 17 yeah, hostels and as if amu collectively has a policy during ramzan ki hum non fasters ko khana nahi denge which is how it was portrayed it was it was ad hoc and i agree i mean it, it could have been the, if you have a thing like this where you, majority of people are fasting and you know you don't want to cook for the two students that aren't it should be uh, regularized you know you have right. and the students should know the rules Right. And expecting non-fasting students to get up at two o'clock for breakfast is ridiculous. I, I agree, agree. Uh, but that wasn't the case in every mess, which is what it was portrayed as. I just want to come to KPS Gill. You know what I just said. You know KPS Gill died. I don't have a very firm position on whether I think he was a hero or a villain. I think he was maybe a bit of both. I do know Punjab was when they say it was almost lost. I think that's a bit of hyperbole. Yes, there was. I mean, I have relatives who had to leave their. um but the fact that he also that doctrine made a lot of people who would not ordinarily have been terrorist terrorists is also true that's also a truth the fact that the terrorists writ prevailed is also true and his iron fist crushed that my only disagreement with both sides is that he is credited with having crushed the khalistan movement I think they overlook one important aspect that is what crushed the Khalistan movement was Bhindrawale's death not nothing else had as big an mm, impact I, I and b- once Bhindrawale was gone it was leaderless that is when it went down till Bhindrawale was alive killing kept happening on both sides there was no crushing happening and Bhindrawale was killed by the army not by the police and for those of you who've read operation blue star who've read mark tully and satish jacob's book and have also read uh, you know even manoj mehta's book book has some background on it will know 
that the army killed Bhindrawale not because of the police, but in spite of the police. It was the most compromised police force in the country. It was playing both sides. They were as mafia-like as the these things. And once the army killed Bhindrawale, the task of crushing that movement was a lot easier. So he may have been good or he may have been bad, I don't know. But Bhindrawale's death finished the job which was done by the army. I I would I I disagree Abhin and then uh, for the simple reason that I'm probably older than you I'm just guessing here uh, so I I mean I've seen the birth of the Punjab problem and you know to the point where I actually feel uh, that we'd lost Punjab and I'll tell you Bindrawale was killed in 1984 right o- operation blue star and I visited uh, uh, the golden temple uh, 2 months after that and i saw the akal takht which was completely destroyed yeah. I mean, it was basically you know bombed tanked and according to me that that image was was the one that actually exacerbated the punjab problem much more than the image of bindrawale's uh, you know dead bindrawale and that that was the cataclysmic event if you want to call it that uh, and you know so because what else does one ex- how how else does one explain that you had the longwall accord sure and you know for a, in fact 85 was considerably peaceful but then came you know the whole so i, I think the uh, quote and quote destruction part destruction of akal takht and golden temple is much more to do with the punjab real punjab problem that happened and then you know when i was in college and i remember you know the uh, the transistor bombs and i mean i really thought and you know daily occurrences of people being taken out of the buses and shot and i actually thought punjab was lost so coming back to gill the the issue with you know and i was actually thinking about this issue the other day which is would gill have been successful in the times of social media in the times of you know so much of uh, you can call it intrusive but you can call it revelatory uh, you know news or whatever it could be and the other example that comes to mind is and uh, you know uh, meher would uh, you know probably comment on this is uh, uh you know the kind of uh, pummeling of uh, the growing nationalism by siddharth shankar ray not many people remember that you know what punjab was what gill did to uh, you know to quote and quote solve it he did solve it uh well, actually siddharth shankar ray did to uh, the nationalism movement he completely okay. destroyed it Atul? and those are the two events that would not have happened in today's uh, age meer i i i will i will just say that i think that The, there's an assumption that we're making that is flawed and the assumption that we're making that is flawed is that he solved the punjab problem and that any in fact the, the larger assumption that is erroneous is that in any way something that in the indian state did solved the punjab problem the punjab problem was created artificially by mismanagement or maliciousness from by indira gandhi and it was uh uh you know it was promoted and pushed by pakistan in the late 1980s and when the kashmir valley blew up pakistan diverted resources from punjab to kashmir kashmir blew up after 1991 punjab insurgency died after 1991 it's a direct correlation and uh you know the uh, uh, once pakistan stopped supporting the babar khalsa and all these people they discovered they no longer had a long uh, uh shelf life as militants and they, they had couldn't no, go back and forth they and had there was no, no ground money. support anyway they were they had no ground support so the the problem Which is Kashmir that the, the real cost of the kps gill example 
is not what he did to human rights because we have screwed with human rights in many different places, many different times. The real cost is the example because the Punjab example is the only example in Indian history when that kind of brutality has actually apparently led to a solution. Normally what the Indian state does is it clamps down on something and then it opens a door for the people to come in. That's what happened in, in the Mizoram. Northeast. That's Mizoram. what happened in Mizoram. That's what happened across the world. That's what actually ha happened with after SS Ray. You clamp down on the Naxals and you open a door to the parliamentary left. Hmm. Right? And, and, you know, it's like you you, you create this way, uh, 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 you clamp down on the extremes and you say, Baki sab ajao, Chief Minister Banjai. All right, that never actually happened in the same way in Punjab. Uh, uh, happened in Assam as well, from about 85. In, in many ways, yeah. But, but Punjab has created this malign example and so powerful and ahead, no, this is the way that you solve the problem. Correct, when you did not solve the problem like that, you solved the problem because it got solved because Pakistan shifted attention to Kashmir. That's, but, that's a very good point. Although yeah, even in point, the, yeah. some of the defense think tank experts in the podcast on Kashmir, Although they've kind of said the same thing, but they've said Kashmir blew up because there was nothing to do in Punjab. So all the resources are diverted there. But yeah, interesting. All of you listening in, uh, the Chota Hafta, do subscribe so you can listen to the entire Hafta. We will see you again next week with the Hafta. Till then, subscribe, pay to keep news free because when the public pays, the public is served and advertisers pay. Advertisers served. Thank you. Goodbye. All the News Laundry podcasts are available on Stitcher, iTunes and any other podcast platform. Please subscribe to News Laundry. Help us keep news independent. To catch all our podcasts on news, pop culture, current affairs and sport, visit newslaundry.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. And subscribe to our YouTube channel.